Wow, guys, I am as excited or more excited than ever about this message. This is an opportunity for you to walk in your purpose more than ever before. It's an opportunity for you, especially if Real Church is your home, to begin to walk out this purpose in the next season at Real Church. So I would encourage you to listen to the full message and respond. I'm excited. My name is David John Phillips. I get to be the pastor here at Real Church, and the best is yet to come for Real Church and for your life. Amen. Well, as I said earlier, my name is David John Phillips. I have the honor of getting to be the pastor of this church. There's no place that I'd rather be. There's nothing that I'd rather be doing, and I'm so glad that you chose to be here today with me, with us, with our amazing dream team, with the people here. Thank you guys for coming. Would you guys give our dream team a big old hand too? Some of you are like, who's the dream team? They're the serve team. They're the people that are, that are doing what it takes to, to effectively minister the love of Jesus on a Sunday morning. Without them, I couldn't preach. band couldn't play. Um, the people on, online wouldn't be able to hear it. So I, I just am thankful for, to our kids team, thankful to our production team, to the worship team, to everybody. And you know, do you realize most people make the decision whether or not they're coming back to church within the first 10 minutes of stepping on the church campus. It's way before the pastor preaches. You, you know how they make that decision? Usually it's on how they feel. Do they feel loved or not? Do they feel the love of Jesus? They don't, a lot of people don't really think that, but that's, that's, that's what happens. So it's the dream team. It's the serve team. It's how people love well that makes a church effective. And I'm thankful for our dream team. I'm thankful for you guys for serving well. And we pray that you did. You felt the love of Jesus from the time you walked in till the time that you, you hit your seat. And we pray that that love um, impacts your life uh, for the rest of your lives. And uh, you're always invited to be a part of what God is doing. We are in the middle of a transition. This is actually our last Sunday where it will look like this at this church. Um, we'll probably have chairs next Sunday and we'll have the kids stuff. But everything else will be pretty stripped down because somebody else purchased the building. Praise the Lord. It's another church coming in here. Um, they, we didn't have $9.5 million to purchase this thing. They did. Praise the Lord. Man, I pray it's blessed. I pray they impact the community like never before. But it launches us into a new season that the best is yet to come. And I'm excited to tell you about it at the end of the message today. You don't want to miss out. If you're watching online, today is vital. If you're a part of Real Church, and if you're not, please... Click share, because this needs to get out to as many believers as possible, uh, especially those that have the opportunity to be a part of this local church. If, if God's called them to be a part, this is the message that they need to hear. It's a big deal, and I'm excited about what God is doing and what he's going to do. So stay tuned. Amen. If you're in here, take your phone out, go to Facebook, click share. You're inviting your, your guys to church, but you're also inviting them to hear about what's next at Real Church. It's a big deal. God set this series up. Oh, I was going to go get my computer, but you know what? We're going to preach without it. God set this series up. We're in a series called Foundations, okay? This is the last part of the series. My mouth's a little dry, so please bear with me. It's the last part of the series. Um... You know, the premise for the series is whenever, you know, a sports team goes into, they're about to go into their next season, they have this training camp and they go back and they study the foundational skills of their craft so that when they learn new skills, when they learn new plays for the next season, a football team or whatever, they're ready and it's built upon a strong foundation. And I said this every service for the foundation series because it's important. You have to understand when somebody's going to go back and build extra stories on a building or expand the building, they make sure to reinforce or ensure the foundation is strong enough to handle what's next. Amen? A building can only grow as, as large as the foundation is strong. And God wants his church to reach people. And so I wanted... God put it on my heart to go through the foundation series so that we understand the foundations of our faith. Now, as if you've been a part of this series, then you understand foundations are simple and straightforward, but they're not shallow. The foundations of the gospel are not shallow. 
Don't think that. Don't ever think that. Jesus' love is eternal. That means it's eternally deep. So we will continually, for the rest of eternity, grow in our understanding of the foundations of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the love that he displayed when he died on a cross, rose again so that we could experience his life. Amen? Come on, amen? amen. Yeah, talk back to me today. That goes for you online too. I need you guys to engage today, to, to type out your amens, to quote the verses or whatever. Later in the service, we're all going to engage in what's going on, and I, I want you to, get, to engage too. So I'm, I'm speaking to you online. Amen? To you too? All right. So let's start with part seven of foundations. All of these foundations messages have had a lot of scripture. That's important and on purpose. It's to get you guys going into, uh, into your word, right? Going back into, into all this stuff. So I want you to look at these scriptures with me. Some of you, most of you, if you've been a part of Real Church today, what I'm preaching today, you've heard probably 237,000 times because it's foundational to who we are as a church. But if you're new here, this might be new to you. Because this might be a little bit different from what your, your old church taught. That's okay. I'm okay with that. If it's in line with Scripture, then, man, we need to change our beliefs and change our life to line up with what Scripture says. Amen? Amen. That's why I use Scripture. <laughs> All right. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 16 just because I can't leave out this verse. There's such a good truth there. And the title of this message is Go. How appropriate. Everybody say go. Go. Good. Just making sure you're awake. You still are. Verse 16. So from now on, from now on, there's no excuse. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. No one. Worldly point of view regards someone from their past, what they see about that person, what other people say about that person, or what they see from what they do or don't do. That's a worldly point of view. But we don't see people that way. We see people as created in the image of God. So whatever they've done in their past, they're still valuable because they're in God's image. Whatever they haven't done in their past, they're still valuable because they're in God's image. We not, may not be able to trust them with as much as this person because this person has shows the character necessary to handle whatever, but we can love them and help them to grow into everything God's created them to be. Amen? So it's not just looking out, though. It's looking here. Sometimes it's hard to believe that you're valuable, that you're created in God's image. You can't look at yourself from a worldly point of view either. And if you do, you're probably going to have trouble looking at everybody else from that because you're going to try to push everybody down so that you can feel better about yourself. But if you realize that you're created in God's image and not just created in his image, but Jesus died for you, making your life valuable enough to, for God to die for, that changes the perspective, doesn't it? All of a sudden, we need to look at ourselves with a little bit more value. Jesus died for me. I'm not just a filthy, rotten sinner. Jesus said I was worth dying for and I'm created in his image. He must have did that for a reason, for a purpose. Interesting. Then it says, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. That just means we used to think Christ had no meaning, just a fairy tale or a story, or he was just a, a prophet or a guy that walked around the earth. He didn't really have no meaning to me or any meaning to me, but he does when you realize he's the Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords, and he actually loved you enough to die for you and rise again so that you could experience his life here, now, today and relationship with the God of the universe. That's the gospel, right? Simple, straightforward, deep. Let's keep going. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, or he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. That means you're not once a drug addict, always a drug addict. You're not once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I'm sorry to the popular teaching. Bible says you're a new creation in Christ. Therefore, you're once an alcoholic, now a new creation. Now you're no longer an alcoholic because there's no alcoholics in Christ. 
You might still struggle in your mind with some of that stuff. You just need to be renewed in your mind to realize the reality of who Christ says that you are so you can live it out. That's good. So then we need to look at other believers as new creations who just need to understand what Christ has done, to them, done for them. They need to see his love lived out through my mouth to them and the way that I serve them so that they can walk in the freedom that we have because we understand. Amen? Okay. You guys are following me so far. All this is from God. I can confidently tell you everything I just told you is from God. It's right there. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of what? So he just, he gave these pastors on stages the ministry of reconciliation. Is that what it says? No. Everybody say, he gave us. That means he gave me. Everybody say, me. Uh, Say, I am a minister of reconciliation. If you're a believer, you've been reconciled in right relationship with God because of Jesus. Therefore, you, your commission by God is to be a minister of reconciliation, reconciling those, reconciling those around you into right relationship with God because you are. Ministry is not for the pastors, guys. We'll talk about that more. Ministry is for all believers. As a believer, I'm a minister too. But you are a minister of reckon. What does that mean, minister of reckon? Verse 19. Here's what it means. Because there's a little colon there. It's like, this is what it means. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. It's not God's will that anyone should perish. If your theology says otherwise, you need to shift it. Jesus paid for the sins of the world. Watch this. That God was recognizing, reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That means Jesus paid for all of the sins of the world. So there's people walking around in sin, thinking God hates them, or there, there isn't a God, and they don't realize that Jesus already paid the price for their sins, and God's not counting them sin, the, their sins against them in Christ, if they're in Christ. So our role as a minister of reconciliation is to say, hey, hey you, God loves you, man. Like Jesus paid the price for you. You don't have to live that way anymore. You can walk in relationship with the heavenly father. You don't have to say it just like that. You can say it by the way you serve them. You can say it by the way you love them. You can say it by the way you speak to them. You can say it by the way you live around them. And you can use words. The people need to know because it's a free gift. You guys have seen me do this over and over and over. I want you to get this in your soul. If I buy this phone for you, I put it in your name, give you all the minutes that you ever need for the rest of your life and, and put it and say, hey, here, this is yours. You have an option. I don't believe you. Never pick the phone up, never use it and die separated from the gift that I gave you. There's a lot of people that are dying and going to hell and will be in hell for eternity because they rejected the free gift that Jesus gave. And he commissioned us as ministers of reconciliation. To do to what? Watch. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. God wants to reconcile the world to himself through us. That's a responsibility as believers. Wait a second. I'm not just supposed to come to church and sit and listen and go home? No. As a disciple, you're a minister. That's who you are. It's right there in Scripture. You can't just wait on the pastor. It's important. It's important. Everybody say it's important. It is. Yeah, amen. Good job. <laughs> okay. We are Christ's ambassadors. So an ambassador, what's an ambassador? It's, it's someone from another nation that goes into a nation that represents the interests of the king of that nation or the president of that nation, right? When you're born again, you're a new creation of heaven. 
You're an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. You're no longer of this world. In the world, not of the world. That's a verse. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven doing his will with his authority on earth if we would believe it. And his will is for you to be a minister of the kingdom on earth, reconciling the people around you, bringing the people around you into relationship with him like you did, multiplying what he's done in you. Amen? It's all right there. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin. And this is the gospel. One verse, this is the gospel. God made him who had no sin. Who was it that had no sin? Jesus. To be sin for us. Guys, Jesus had no sin, but he died. He became my sin. My sin on the cross so that in him I received him he entered into my life I entered into relationship with him and so in him I might be the righteousness of God I have right relationship with God I'm in right standing with God when he looks at me he sees the goodness of Jesus by faith and now because I have right standing I can go on about right doing that's righteousness that's the gospel that's what we do and that's what you're commissioned with day in and day out yeah? You agree? All right. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're skipping quite a few verses. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. This is this right here, what I'm about to share with you, what I just shared with you, is part of the DNA of real church. It's who we are. It's where we're going. Listen to this, verse 11. So Christ himself gave, everybody say gave. Gave Gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Okay, so this is a gift from Jesus to the church. The gift, these are quote unquote the mentors of the church, if you will. I don't care what you call me. You can call me an apostle, an evangelist, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher. I really don't care. It's not about a title. But I know that my role, whichever one of those I am, is the same. Let's say if I was an apostle. is to use the gifts that he gave me to do what? Verse 12, to equip the people for the works of service. Another version says ministry. So it's to use those gifts to equip you for service and ministry. If I was a prophet, it would be to use my prophetic gifts to equip you for the works of service and ministry. If I was an evangelist, it would be to use my evangelistic gifts, my evangelistic office, to equip you for the works of service and ministry. If I was a pastor or a teacher, maybe so. Whatever it is, it's to equip you for the works of service and for ministry. Amen? My role as one of those things is not to do ministry. My role as a disciple of Christ is to do ministry. Jesus commissioned the disciples to go throughout the world making disciples. Disciples make disciples. Disciples minister. My role as whatever God has called me is to equip you for ministry. And as an individual, I'm a minister day day in and day out in my life. Amen? Okay. What does that do? Verse 12. To equip the people for the works of service so that Christ, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Hey, you guys watching online, just type amen if you're listening. I want you to stay engaged too. It's important. Like this is a vital message for our congregation for this next season. So that the body of Christ may be built up. Jesus doesn't want his body to be lacking. And how the body is built up is the body of Christ serving and ministering to one another and to those coming in, to those that don't know Jesus. It's not built up by not doing that. It remains lacking if that's the case. But if I'm effective, 
And I want to be, I'm, I want to do everything I can to lay my life down so that I can be effective at the, at the calling that God's given me to equip you. But then you, as the body of Christ and us together, we could collectively lay our lives down to serve and minister so that the body of Christ may be built up. And guess what? Local church is a local, I mean, real church is a local part of the body of Christ. He wants real church to be built up as well as Mission City Church, Generation Church, all of the churches around. He wants them, the church that's going to be in here, Grace Family Church, he wants them built up. You know why? Because they're the body of Christ. And if you're called to be a part of that church, praise the Lord. Go build them up. Go serve and minister that's awesome. If you're called to be a part of a real church, serve and minister so that the body of Christ may be built up. If you're a believer, if you're not, sit here and listen to the love of Jesus and let us serve and minister to you until you become a believer and then start serving and ministering. Amen? Okay. Next verse. What happens when that happens? Not only is the body built up, watch this, until... So serving and ministering is a part of the process and you faithfully do it as the body's built up until, that means you continue, until there's an end to serving and ministering. You know what the end is? Until we reach unity in the faith. That's number one. If there's division in the church, the division is coming from somebody who doesn't want to serve and doesn't want to minister. Because unity comes through serving and ministering. That means division comes through selfishness. Because you don't want to serve others and minister to others. It's selfish. And love doesn't seek its own. But unity comes through laying down yourself in order to serve and love others. That's minister to others. That's love. So if you've been living your Christian life sucking... There's, a, there's a, a parable or a, an analogy that I came up with when I was 15, and it's applicable today. You know what the analogy is? Big water tank. It's the source. God is the source. He's the big water tank. A pipe going from the water tank. The pipe's supposed to take the water and give it out. But if the pipe doesn't give it out, the water that it receives gets stagnant. It can only receive as much as it gives out. And it can think it's receiving all kinds of stuff that's just flowing over the top, but it's really not receiving anything new. It's just getting stagnant. There's a lot of people that just come and sit. Conference after conference after conference. Brag on who, what preachers they've heard and what things they've heard. But if you're not giving out what you're hearing, your head knowledge is growing, but your life's not. And so you got this big old head knowledge, and guess what? You fall over. Pride comes before fall. As you learn, you minister and serve, and your body, the body gets stronger and more unified. Not only does it unify, watch this, Ephesians 4, 13, until... We, do it, we minister and serve until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become attaining to the full measure, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That means as long as we're in this body, we're serving and ministering if you're a believer. And as you do, you will mature. You ever wonder why you've been stagnant in your relationship with Christ? If you've been stagnant, you know why? It's probably because you're not serving and ministering. If you feel stagnation, you probably need to go serve and minister. You probably need to give out the last word God gave you. If you feel stagnant in your relationship with Christ, that's the litmus test. If I feel stagnant in my relationship with my wife, if I don't feel like I love her as much as I used to, it's probably because I haven't been loving her. So I need to go wash the dishes. I need to go do something for her, to, to love her. And as I do acts of love, all of a sudden, all the feeling comes back. It's amazing how that happens. It's the same principle. You feel stagnant in your relationship with Christ? You've been receiving, receiving, receiving. It's time to give out. Because if you just receive, it's death. Think about the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea, lowest place on earth, has no outlet. It only receives. 
there's no life there. But the Sea of Galilee, right above it, receives and gives out full of fish. You're created to receive and to minister and to serve. Don't minister and serve without relationship. You minister and serve without relationship, security here, guess what? You're going to burn out. You'll be done. No, it's I'm in relationship Monday through Saturday as a believer. On Sunday, I come to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ and pour out into the lost that don't know him so that they can come to know the love of Jesus, be a part of it, and get with it so the body of Christ may be built up. Unified and mature. So here's, a, here's an alarm system in your head. If you sense disunity, are you ministering and serving? Here's another alarm system in your head. If you sense stagnation, are you ministering and serving? Because if not, that's the reason. See that in scripture? The title is, how important is this? Matthew chapter 28. Hopefully I'm saying this with a smile. Hopefully it's not coming off as like a big old ax. I don't want to do that. I'm I'm, I'm telling you because I love you and because I love the body of Christ. You know, I I, I really do. And I want want us to grow together in Christ Jesus and effectively reach the world. So please don't think I'm mad at you. I'm not mad at you. You're an amazing church, you know? Amen? (laughs) Amen? You can type amen on there? Okay. Matthew 28. Then, verse 16, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. That's interesting. Before he gave them the great commission, he tested them with obedience. So a lot of, a lot of times, just a little tidbit, a little sidetrack here. There's a lot of times God wants to do what's next in your life, but he's waiting to, to obey for what he just said. And what he just said is the test of your character. Are you willing to trust him? You're, a lot of times we pray for what's next. We want what's next, but we ain't willing to do what he said. Amen or oh me? Sometimes it's oh me. But then we repent, we get up, and we keep walking. Because he's good, he loves us, and we're forgiven. Verse 17, when they saw him... They worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. I'm with you always to the end of the age. So they go to make disciples and teaching us to make disciples and we go make disciples and we teach them to make disciples and, they go, and the cycle cycles and that's why you're sitting in these chairs and that's why we're having this conversation right now. Right? But I'm, I, I still have doubts. They saw the resurrected Lord ate with him, saw his hands and feet and were there with him on the, on the mountain and some of them worshiped and others were doubting. And Jesus still commissioned them to go. In the midst of your doubts, you're commissioned to go. If you're, if you're a believer in Christ. John chapter 20, Jesus appeared to them. They're all afraid. Ah, you know, they're afraid before he appeared because of fear, because of persecution. Jesus appeared to them for the first time, said peace, and then he commissioned them to go do the same things he did. So you're afraid and, and fear, uh, you're fearful and doubtful? So what? You're still commissioned. Go minister and go serve. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, well, let's talk about it. I know what's next for real church. I'm excited about it. And I think God set it up for the last message of the foundation series to be go. Because this is the last service that you'll see like this. We're a hop service here next Sunday, and I encourage you to invite your friends, invite your loved ones, invite everybody. It's important. We'll have some chairs. We'll have the chairs sitting out. The stage will be gone. All this stuff will be gone. We'll have the kids area so you can still bring your kids. We'll have kids service. It'll be awesome. But it'll be very acoustic. I probably won't have a microphone. 
But I got a loud voice. Sorry. No big deal. That being said, for everybody watching online and all in here, um, we're having a big old real church work day on Saturday, 8 a.m. until we're done. If you can come at 8, great. If you can come at 12, great. But please come. Um, we have a sign-up sheet outside. If it fills up, turn it over. Write your stuff out there. I want to contact you and uh, just confirm a time for you because we have to be out after Sunday. And um, we'd love for you to, to participate in that. One of the things of serving in that way, even though it's work, is you build relationships with the body of Christ and build family. Those that work together stay together. Or those that serve together stay together. Probably could say those that minister together stay together. So I invite all of you. If you're like, well, I can't carry a lot of stuff. Come, you can carry a pen. You can sit down and encourage us as we do it. We want you here. But let's talk about the transition. Let's talk about what's next for Real Church. Online, I want you to lean in. I'm going to have some action steps for you at the end of this. So it's important. But before I do, let me get another sip of water. Oh. Remember... Do you guys remember the mission statement of Real Church? I know a lot of the dream team that were here this morning do. If you don't know, I'll just tell you real quick. The vision statement, the overarching thing is whatever it takes for you to know love and live purpose. Know the love of Jesus, live your God-given purpose. You said really succinctly is just know love, live purpose. God is love. You can't know him without knowing Jesus. It's like the gospel in one statement, real, real kind of simple. That's the overarching like why we do what we do. Jesus laid his life down, did whatever it took for us. So we see his love and then we lay our life down for, for him in order to do whatever it takes for those he put in front of us to know love and live purpose. Right? That's, that's just what we do as Christians. Well, that's, that's why it's the vision statement of the church. Um, what God really put on my heart I'll tell you the core values too, because I think they're important. And these core values, they're basically what you feel. They should be what you feel when you come into our church without even realizing it. And I've heard this said from time to time, so it's always encouraging when this is the case, because this is the culture. Core values set culture, by the way. If you're attuned to any of like leadership stuff, a lot of core values set culture, and culture matters. Our core values are Together, we love boldly, communicate transparently, and create with excellence. The love boldly part comes from Jesus. He was scandalous in his love. I mean, supposed to be the king, as everybody else thought. He was coming in with a, with a, a conquering sword, but he came in as a humble servant, shepherd king, who laid his life down for the people so they could experience real freedom from the inside out. Scandalously, not, not caring about what they had done in the past or who they were, what they looked like, what they smelled like. Same thing for us. We love boldly. That's why I tell our team all the time, we're laying our lives down so that everyone that comes through these doors on a Sunday morning, we can do it outside too, small groups, other things, but on a Sunday morning, we lay our lives down so everyone comes through, no matter who they are, what they've done, what they haven't done, what they look like, what they smell like, it doesn't matter that they experience the love of Jesus because that's what Jesus did for us. Therefore, I tell, this is what I tell the dream team. After we, get, we have a little dream team huddle thing in the beginning, I say, the rest of this service, after we're done ministering to one another, the rest of the service ain't about you. It's about those people that are walking through their door. We want them to experience the love of Jesus as they come in because they, some of them have been hurting and, and, and this is their last hope. And man, if they see Jesus through you, they might come to know him and walk with him like we do. Love boldly. It's one of our core values. Hopefully you experience that kind of love. If you haven't, please tell us. We want to get better. Number two, communicate transparently. You can't have a relationship with someone unless you take the walls down. So I want to be transparent from the stage. Ask me anything. There shouldn't be anything to hide. If there's something to hide, it's probably wrong. <laughs> in a relationship in a marriage, the more open you are, the more intimate you can be. The more open I am, 
the more intimate I can be in my relationship with God. Well, as a church, the family, the same thing too. Communicate transparently. Create with excellence. It's the wow factor. You see the sunrise on the sun on, on, on you know the beach. You see the beautiful blues and oranges and purples, and you see it. And people drive from all around just to go see the sunrise, Clearwater Beach or Indian Rocks or whatever, and, and they go, wow, and they're just captivated. God did that. It's created with excellence to draw people into relationship with him through his creation. So we want to do the best that we can. We were on a month-to-month lease. Give us a little grace with the carpet, guys. But <laughs> we want to do the best that we can with what God places in our hands and the talents and gifts that he gives us to create with excellence so that people walking through the doors or experiencing our small groups or experiencing serve teams or outreach or whatever we do, people say, wow, you would do that for me? We say, yeah, God loves you that much, man. It's worth my morning. It's worth my sweat. But then it's all wrapped in together we. Together we, love boldly, communicate, transparent, and create excellence. Why? Because alone, you're ineffective and unproductive. But together, we're the body of Christ. The Bible literally says, those who walk in the light as he is in the light will have fellowship one with another. That means those who don't have fellowship probably aren't walking in the light. If that's an O me, kick the shoe off, put a different shoe on, start walking in the light, and let's have fellowship together. Repent, that means change your way of thinking. Get connected. If this is the local body to do so, praise the Lord. Let's walk together. Let's have fellowship because we're walking in the light of Christ. And we're doing it together. We're loving boldly, communicating transparently, and creating with excellence together. And as we do that, the Bible says, John 17, Jesus prayed. He said, make them one as we are one. Then the world will know. And if we're doing this together, the world's going to see that kind of unity, the world's going to see his love and know that Jesus was sent for them. That's our core values. Hopefully you've experienced that to some extent coming to real church. God put on my heart our mission statement. It's a whole other story on how we wrote it. Um, but he put on my heart the first one about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Engage the culture with the love of Jesus just began to speak to me about that a little bit, engage the culture, and kind of playing in my mind. Well, beginning of July, I go and meet with Pastor Craig, great guy, man of God, Pastor Craig Altman, find the facility, breaks the news to me, we got to be out September 1st, they plans and that kind of stuff. They were generous to us, we didn't have to pay rent the last two months, praise the Lord, you know. We got a place to store stuff over there for a little while, which is awesome. Um, So we're thinking about what are we going to do? Like, and of course, we've been uh, a portable church before. We've been mobile, right? In Clearwater High School, that's how we started. A year and a half there, and it was awesome. Changed a lot of lives. We, 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 we probably could have done portable better. <laughs> we had a lot of totes and carries, not very many wheeled things. I mean, we probably could have done portable a little bit better. Um, but man, God used it. It was awesome. We we're learning. Anyway, about two weeks after that, you guys following the story so far? Am I telling it okay? All right. About two weeks after that, I get a call from a woman named Sandy. I got a long-standing relationship with Sandy. She's uh, um, Sandy is Jerry and Heidi, our two two of our elders, the husband and wife, Jerry and Heidi. Jerry's in here somewhere, or he's probably out ministering to somebody. Um, they, she's their old, one of, the, one of, our, one of their mentors, um, amazing, mighty woman of God, and she's a prophet. Remember that list? Ephesians 4.11, apostles, prophets. She's, she ministers from that office and has that gift um, consistently, and she hears God clearly. And I know from my past, when you hear her say, hey, you know, gives you a word, you should probably listen to it, whether you like it or not. So I'm talking to, to, to Sandy a couple of weeks after we hear 
about you know, the church and stuff. And, and she has no idea while we're on the phone, by the way, about the building being sold and us having to find a new facility. She has no idea. She's talking to me about a book she's writing and, you know, I'm talking back and forth and I was talking for a bit and she said, Pastor David? I said, yeah. She said, as you're talking, I just have this word that keeps reverberating in my spirit and I got to tell you. She said, mobile. And I reacted harshly. I said, no. Sandy, no. I said, Sandy, you don't even know what you're saying right now, but no. And, and you had to have heard God wrong, um, but as a church, we want to anchor. We don't want to be portable again. And, and we, we've done that. It wasn't easy. Um, but we just feel like we should buy a building we just, or we should lease a, a place for long term because it's easier. I didn't say that. And she kind of reluctantly said, oh, well, look, it could be something. I don't know what it means. I just know that's the word I was hearing. Could be something different from what you're saying. Just pray about it. And over time, I'm like, okay. I actually had to call her back two weeks later. Um, and I, I, I said, look, um, the Bible says, do not despise prophecy. There's a verse that says, do not despise prophecy. So I called, I said, look, I'm not despising it. You know, I, I just want to hear clearly from God. If that's God, praise the Lord. You know, I'll do whatever he asks. We'll do whatever he asks, but that, let that be that. So diligently, our team has been searching for a building for the right place we really, honestly, we didn't have the capital to buy, um, especially not in this market. But we did have some money uh, for a nice monthly lease with also the ability to do a bit of a build out. And looking in our budget for what we need to have as a church and not just here, but to grow a bit. Most markets, it's there. But in this market right now, there's dead end after dead end after dead end after dead end after dead end. And let me tell you, everywhere on LoopNet, I have looked at, and if it was even remotely close to what we needed, I have called. I have talked to the people. We also had a team of multiple realtors from multiple different places, and they'd give me information, and I'd say, I've already talked to them. I've already talked to them. I've already talked to them. If it's on LoopNet, I've already talked to them. Why are you sending me this? Dead end after dead end after dead end after dead end. We're holding out by faith. Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So if it wasn't the word of the Lord, it wasn't faith. Two weeks ago, come to the realization from a good friend, John Kruger, um, telling me something I didn't want to hear. Hey, even if we do find a space to anchor long term, um, there's going to be a bit of a build out. Permits take a while to get. It's going to be at least six months, probably more like a year. And as reality set in, I realized Sandy was right. We're going to be a portable church again, at least for a season. And actually, I had to call back Sandy and tell her because I always want to tell somebody that was right. But see, a lot, of, and I said in my heart at that time, yes, Lord. And the thing is, when God wants you to walk into something that he has planned for you, a lot of times you have to say, yes, Lord, before you understand. But he'll always give the passion, you the passion for what he's called you to. Just you got a lot of times have to say, yes, Lord, before you get it. Like when God called me to move back to Louisiana years ago to help my dad with his church, I didn't want to go. But I said, yes, Lord. And then as I was driving across the state line, God gave me a heart and a burden for the people that I was going to minister to for that season. Same thing here. Now, I'm more excited than ever. And I want to tell you why. I want to tell you what the plan is. And I think that real church, I know the real church is going to thrive. And that you all are invited to be a part of it. See, we left Clearwater High School with great relationships with the Pinellas County School Board talking with the person that's in charge of leases, she said, and I quote, we want you in a school. 
We never had any calls from most places we get calls from that are complaining about this from you guys we never had anything it's because we served the teachers we served the the maintenance guys we served them well there was great relationship there the currency of the kingdom is relationships he wants to get something done he does it through relationships so we have an opening it's just finding the right school began to look around we believe we found the right school we got two that are very interested in us coming. One, we could go to if we want. Another one that um, is a strong, strong, there has to be one more person say yes. We believe that one's the one. We'll find out Monday or Tuesday. I'll announce it to you this next Sunday for sure what school we're going to be in. It's nice. It's clean. It's got great classrooms near to where the auditorium would be. It'll be perfect at engaging the culture with the love of Jesus. And in doing this, I believe going into a school is going to give us opportunities to reach people that we would never would have reached here. And it's an opportunity. I believe our first season launching the church in Clearwater High School was to start it. Our next season here was to equip those that were a part of the church, equip the believer to engage the culture with the love of Jesus, to equip you to minister. But now, church, it's time to go minister. It's time to go to this school. And once again, I don't want to say it yet because we haven't signed on the dotted line, but I, Lord willing, we will sign this week to go to this school. And if it's not this school, it will be another one. But to go to this school and to minister the love of Jesus and watch as more lives than ever have been tran- are transformed through real church in this community and in this county. Here's the plan. Saturday, those of you guys that are watching, I want you to, Saturday, if you can be here, 8 a.m., showing up, we're tearing all this down. If you can't be here at 8, come when you can. Stay for as long as you can until we're done. If you can only stay 30 minutes, come, please. Sweat equity, it's important. Then, Sunday, invite everybody, because I'm inviting everybody that comes today, and I'm inviting everybody that comes next Sunday and everybody who's ever came to Real Church to be a part of what we're doing. Come. After that, for the month of September, we will be online because we have to convert all of our equipment into portable again. But We're going to convert it into portable excellently so that the cases are big and strong and roll on and off and are easy. Get it there. It's all organized and nice. It's going to be costly, but it'll be worth it. Our equipment, we got to be able to do live online excellently. Because most people that don't know Jesus and has never been to church, watch online before they come. So if we're going to engage the culture with the love of Jesus, we need to do it excellently so that they can experience the love of Jesus and so they can come to know him through us. Because that's, remember, we implore you on Christ's behalf as ambassadors. That's what we are. So for the month of September, we're going to have a month of prayer and fasting. I'll be doing online about a 20-minute message on prayer every Sunday. We're going to have houses of prayer at host homes that you guys will be able to sign up for next week and online. Go to a host home for a house of prayer. Watch the 20-minute message. It'll be engaging. But then you guys are going to take communion together. Some people will, some people will um, um, do worship if they have people that can sing, or some people might just not uh, sing like they're in the shower and praise the Lord, you know? I don't know. Some people might choose not to. But the prayer always precedes revival. Always. And it's going to precede revival this time, too. And it's going to be amazing. And I invite you to participate in the prayer. That precedes revival because the Bible says when you see the answers to your prayers, your joy will be complete. You want complete joy? Pray and watch it happen. And you'll, you'll receive it. It'll be awesome. Then what we're going to do during that month of September, we're going to create teams, those who are willing, those who want to serve and minister. We have 1,400 people, 1,444. It's probably some redundancy there, so conservatively maybe 1,200 on our list of people that have ever come and filled out a connect card. I want to call everyone. I want to call everyone, not me, us together, (laughs) 
and invite them to our first service, October 17th. Invite them personally. And if the opportunity presents itself, pray for them on the phone. And if they're a believer, invite them to serve with us. Because here's the deal. Doing what we want to do at this school, we need everybody to be to serve and to minister. And here's the, here's the important part of it. And I want you to catch this. I want, to, I want you to catch that. I want you guys too online. I want you to catch this vision. There are mamas that are anxious because their baby's been crying. They're on their last leg. And their last hope will be coming October 17th or the 24th or whatever Sunday they come. And to find something that's clean and nice and welcoming and to find people that they can leave their toddlers with so that they can go hear the gospel. It takes somebody willing to think outside of what they need in order to lay their life down to minister and to serve so that that mama can hear Jesus and come to know Jesus. And you know why they would have come to know Jesus? Because of the people serving their kids. They wouldn't have come to know Jesus if the people weren't serving their kids. Many of you, God is calling and putting on your heart right now to be in the kids' team for that. It's not because you love kids. It's because you love people more than you love yourself. I'm not saying you serve there every Sunday. If we have a large enough kids' team, people serve there once a month. At least, at, at, at least no more than twice a month. But man, if everybody, if everybody ministers and serves, think about how many people we could minister and serve and how many people can come to know Jesus. Our worship and production team needs to grow. We need people who are willing to learn about cameras and all the other stuff that they do. Our setup team and teardown team needs to grow. We need people who are willing to unload the truck Say, you know what? I'll give up my Sunday morning early or my Saturday night whenever we're able to do it because the people that are coming through these doors are worth it to hear and know the love of Jesus that I know. I'm not just coming to church to receive. I'm coming to church to serve and minister because I know that that's what it takes to mature and unify the body of Christ and for the body of Christ to be built up. So we need serve team. We need, we need set up and tear down. We need people, a worship team and, and, and production. And, and guess what? You're probably not just going to be put up on the stage if this is the first time you're, there needs to be a relationship, right? And so you're probably going to start serving in, in somewhere in, in production and, and stuff because this is, this is leadership. You don't just pour out leadership, right? You wait till people have the heart to serve first. If you can't clean a toilet, you can't speak. Do you understand? People want a microphone without being willing to serve people. They want a microphone for themselves. Serving comes first. You want to be on the leadership team, elder, deacon, if God's calling you, put that in your heart, praise the Lord. If you're not serving, you're not going there. People will serve for a year. Whether that's leading small groups or serving on Sundays or both. Because it's important. The heart of Jesus is John 13. He taught, the last lesson he taught his disciples was bend down, wash their feet, and say, go do this to each other too. You want to lead? Lead is a serve. Just is. I feel called to lead. Why haven't you placed me in leadership yet? Well, are you effective at serving consistently, faithfully, or not? And if the shoe, if, if God's put leadership in your heart, I'm not telling you this to hit you with an ax. I'm telling you this so that you understand the path in Christianity towards leadership. It's serving others. So let me finish. I got on a tangent there. So we'll call everybody on the 1,200 person. We'll also create teams, and it's going to take a lot, but it's worth it. Handwritten note, every one of the 1,200 mailed to them. Everyone inviting them to come 
And if we know them and they're a believer, we're inviting them to serve with us, to come back and start serving, start serving again at this, this um, uh, new home and new season of real church where we're going to be more impactful because more people are ministering and serving than ever before. So the church will be built up better than ever before and reach more people in Pinellas County for the love of Jesus than ever before. And the cycle will continue to cycle. Not only that, we're going to send out a 100,000-piece mailer, 100,000 homes, 100,000 homes. There's a statistic on how many people will come from that. And many of them will be unchurched people, people that haven't tried church in 10 years, haven't tried church in five years, are just been offended for some reason and just need to be, know the love of Jesus. And they're going to give their life to Jesus that first Sunday. And it's going to be amazing. But it won't happen if we're not ministering and serving. That's reality. What else are we going to do? That night, we're going to have a big old party. Hopefully at Highland Rec Center, if it's open, we're going to find a park. We'll have a party. We'll have a cookout. We'll have stuff for the kids. We're going to have bouncy slides. Why? Because we want to give every person that came that day. One, we want to celebrate with the, the, the team that helped us to, to do this at, at this new home. It's awesome. We want to celebrate them. It's a big deal. You guys. But number two, we want to give every new person the opportunity to experience food and fun in Christ. Because guess what? The goal is discipleship. And you can't disciple people without relationships. So we want to provide every opportunity from day one for them to develop strong relationships so that they can walk as effective disciples of Christ. And October 17th, we're also going to start small groups and give everybody the opportunity to join in, sign up for a small group, and become a part of where really discipleship happens when you're serving and in small groups. In small groups is where you're really able to iron out things and get deep in the word and all that kind of that's really that's where the disciple that's where the church really happens at real church. It's in small groups. This is just a challenge and a kick in the butt and an encouragement and a shot of love. But man, it's in small groups where relational discipleship happens. So we want to get as many of them in small groups as possible. And as many of people, as many believers as we can serve in as possible so we can minister and serve one another and mature and unify as a body of Christ. And as we mature and unify, man, then Jesus' prayer, make them one as we are one so the world may know. Then more of the world will know because what God's doing through this aspect of the local body of, of Jesus Christ right here, real church. Man, come on. Let me tell you what he's doing in Pakistan, just from what you guys have done so far from this little local body. And can you imagine what he's going to do? In Pakistan, over the last year, in 15 unreached villages because of your radical generosity, it's went from one family, one family, uh, 15 villages that speak a language that only the Old Testament or the New Testament has been translated in. They don't even have a whole Bible yet. One family, we started partnering in relationship, very intimately connected. And because of what you have done, it went from one family to 400 new believers, to 25 leaders, to oh, 1,000 believers. I just got new word that's multiplying even more. There's 1,820 believers in a region of 15,000 people. It went from 0% Christian to 18%, wait, no, less than 18%, 12% Christian. That's amazing. That's crazy. That's what we did as a little baby church, unified together. Can you imagine what God's going to do? Not just in Pakistan and not just around the world, but in Pinellas County. Guys, this has been my heart from the beginning. But it's time for it to become your heart. And it's time for us to unify together and say whatever it takes for the person walking through this door to know the love of Jesus, live out their God-given purpose. So we serve and minister to them and invite them to follow Jesus. 
And following Jesus looks like getting get serve and get connected in groups so you can grow in discipleship. And then, man, there'll be all kinds of outreach and all kinds of crazy stuff that happen as a result of it. It'll be awesome. So here's what I want you to do. Online, I told you you're going to get connected. It's time to connect. I want you to look down on your seats. There's a little connect card. So look down to your right or to your left. Go ahead, look down. Pull that little connect card and that pen. Can I get the worship team come up? Please, everybody pull out the connect card. The Bible says, those of you watching online and here, the Bible says where you see God at work. Actually, I'm sorry, the Bible doesn't say this. This is a principle pulled from the Bible by Henry Blackaby, um, um, experiencing God, if you've ever heard of it. But the principle is where you see God at work, that's your invitation to join him in what he's doing. I want everybody to raise your hand real quick. Go on, exercise. Everybody raise your hand. You can raise your hand too. All right, put it down. Do you see God at work at Real Church, yes or no? There's your invitation from God to join him in what he's doing. So we're going to sing and worship, and we're going to respond. And here's what that response is. If you want to be a part of what God's doing in this new season at Real Church, you want to serve and minister. Might not look what it lo- know what it looks like. That's okay. But if you want to, I want you to fill out that card and put I'm in. If you're new here and this is your first time and you're like, man, I want to too, but I have some questions. Fill out that card and put I have questions. I will personally call everyone who fills out that card and puts I'm in or I have questions. Personally, me. I'll try to do it this week. If you're online, you want to be a part of what we're doing, I want you to comment on YouTube, on Facebook, I'm in, where I have questions. And if you can, I want you to message me. If you don't message me, I'll message you. I want to call you. I want to talk to you. Because here's the real deal. God's put inside of each and every one of you that's here today. Let's watch it online. Gifts, talents, and abilities, passions that are to be used in the local body of Christ to to build up his body so that the world can know who Jesus is. And if you're here today, I believe it's because you're supposed to be a part of this one. I could be wrong. But here's the real deal too. The gifts, talents, and abilities that God put in you and the passions he put in you will never come out like they're supposed to until you're connected and using them in the local body of Christ. Real church can't be what God's called real church to be until you are walking out your passions, gifts, and talents, and abilities in and through this local body. And here's the thing. You can't be what God's called you to be until you're at the place God's called you to be, the local church God's called you to be, walking out your passions and gifts because there's other people in this body that have gifts, talents, and abilities that are connected to yours that you don't know yet. That without them, without the unity together, you'll never accomplish what God's called you to be and do throughout the world. And you probably don't even have an idea what that is yet, and that's okay, because God's waiting on you to do the last thing before he shows you the next thing. Pretty awesome, huh? I don't want, I want to do this too, because this is important. Would you all bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? Is there anybody in here that would say, all this stuff's awesome, my heart's pounding, but really, I don't know who Jesus is. And I came here for hope. And I heard that Jesus loves me and I want, and wants a relationship with the God of the universe. And I know I need that. If that's you, 
If you, if you need a relationship with Jesus, would you raise your hand up high? You say, I don't know God, but I want to. Would you raise your hand up high? Please. I implore you on Christ's behalf. You need to know Jesus. Is there anybody that would say that? Just raise your hand up high. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to lead you into a relationship with Christ. If you're online, message me. I want to lead you to Jesus. All right, I want you guys to look up. get effective at engaging the culture with the love of Jesus there will be many lost people in the service that are wanting to come to know him we need to start ministering and serving so that happens amen let's worship him and let's respond you can respond by filling out the connect card if you'd like you can put that in the giving boxes on the side you can also respond by communion. I encourage you to take communion. It's an acknowledgement that Jesus is Lord and Savior and that you're remembering that you're washed by his blood and healed by what he did. And if you'd like during worship to give tithes and offerings, you can do that as well. You can give online. We love you guys. And I promise the best is absolutely yet to come. Let's stand and respond. Thank you for tuning in today to the Real Church Podcast. I pray that you walk away from today encouraged and with a deeper understanding of how much God loves you. If you'd like to connect with us, we can't wait to reach out to you and pray for you. You can go to www.realchurch.us slash connect. And then also, if you would like to give to what God is doing in and through our ministry, you can do so at www.realchurch.us giving, or you can text any amount to 84321, and then just search in the link that comes up, search for Real Church Clearwater. God bless you, and the best is yet to come.